for all NBA for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. All right, let's get it. We back. We back. It's Golden Space. It's an Odyssey Originals podcast. I'm Nat, and Justin's here with me. And we're going to keep talking Dubs versus um, Memphis because that was such a good game yesterday. And I think as soon as I get up, finish recording this podcast, I'm going to get back on Twitter and keep talking because you know what? They get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. And the more people tell me not to be petty, it's the more petty I'm going to be. Because, like, you're one, you're not going to police my fandom. You're not going to police my fandom. And two, <laughs> they earned this. They earned the talk. Like, this reporter, this Grizzlies reporter, KJ, is that her name? Where she's like, this is really weird. And she showed Clay Thompson's interview. What was weird, KJ? Like, he actually gave the Grizzlies respect at the end. Like, right. he said, like, so I don't even know what your problem is. Like, there was literally nothing weird about what he said. Speaking of Karen activity. I don't know if her name was actually Karen, it's KJ, but (laughs) shout out out to her. Yeah. It's just. And did you hear the spaces with the, I think the. um... I did hear that. (laughs) Okay. It's just the same thing over and over again. Talk trash to the Warriors. You want to talk about who's classy and who's not. Right. Half white trash, really? Yeah. Call him half white trash. I'm pretty sure last year people were talking about GP2's kids or something like that, or like whether or not he was actually actually Gary Payton's son. Yes. It's just weird stuff, weird stuff, weird levels that people stoop to. But as long as as the Warriors win, let them talk. Um, Because, yeah, it's, it's always the same thing talk trash, lose, play the victim, repeat, rinse, repeat. But, yeah. So, yeah, let's, I mean, so the game is it because I keep loving how they said no one showed up to help Ja. Like, you an accident? <laughs> like, that was by design, yo. Like, right. our defense, first of all, before we even get into, like, how well um, Clay did on Bane, I just want to talk about, because it may not seem like it because Ja, you know, had, what, like, 30-something. And, I mean, he did shoot very poorly from three, maybe one or two for nine or something like that, something crazy from three. But, um. Kaminga was giving him problems. Mm-hmm. Kaminga was giving him problems. He was frustrated out there. Yeah. He looked a little tired and exhausted. <laughs> and yeah. Kaminga was loving it. Because Kaminga's on. See, people, because I think people forget some people. I don't forget nothing. But remember how Job was like, oh, oh, you got to wait till you do something. The irony, the irony in saying that to Kaminga, he got to wait till he do something. So I know Kaminga was like, yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and last year, I think he got an and one on him or something. And he was like, this guy can't guard me, screaming he can't guard me in the game. So in Kaminga, we know how competitive he is, especially with one-on-one matchups with guys. Um, and that's what makes him such an uh, intriguing long-term prospect because you know players like that typically, you know, if they take it, the game personally like that, you, it, it usually bodes well for their self-development and how they view themselves and how they can, you know, improve themselves over time to, you know, match somebody like Ja in the future. So I think overall, like it's a good matchup for him because even if he can't match Ja step for step, and he's pretty quick himself, but if he can't match match Ja step for step, he can at least match him in leaping ability. And you know, he has more length than Ja. He's about six seven, six eight, long arm. So like the a lot of the shots that Ja likes to go to, he can't really access them as easily next to a guy named Kaminga. And I think they they might have they might have found something depending on how consistent this are this is going forward 
with Kaminga and James against this particular team or teams in general that like that have a guy that likes to really pressure the rim. Um, this is by far James's best defensive game. I think his his understanding of where he was supposed to be and how he was supposed to contest shots looked the best as he as he's had since he got drafted. So probably um, his best game, period. I mean, yes, yeah. it was largely defensive because there was no offense, but and, and like oh, you were impactful. And all those other games when you were scoring, it wasn't impact impactful. This was exactly, and this is what I think. This is what people envisioned, like best case scenario, right? him and Kaminga both defensive minded and using their athleticism to affect the game on that end. And then everything on offense is a plus, but I think Jim, uh, Jonathan at the point of attack really forced Ja to kind of get creative with his finishes and, and try to try to make something happen out of nothing because it was hard for him to get some space. And then James was there to contest a few of his floaters and he had to, you got to put it up 12, 13 feet to get it over James when he's, when he's doing it the right way. So I think that really bothered Ja. I think they kind of, crowded him on one as a layup attempt and Jonathan just spiked the shot out of bounds. So I think those two could potentially be really effective against this type of team. If, you know, they can be consistent in their roles going forward. I think that's something that they can potentially use in the playoff series. Um, if James is, you know, still on the team, but I think that's his path to staying on the team and being impactful, doing stuff like that. It, it might not be every single matchup, you know, teams that spread the floor a little bit more, he might not be able to, you know, impact the game like he did this game, but, uh, I think they found something against Memphis with that, with those two. For sure. Um, Clay Thompson. And look, like I've been critical of Clay and Dre, who we're going to talk about after Clay. But like, yeah, you're not going to talk crazy about Clay Thompson. You're not going right. to talk only, crazy about him. Yeah, only we can. Only we can. And even we don't <laughs> disrespect him. Like, right, we right. just saying, like, show up and do what you what we know you can do. But like you call y'all call them clay role players. Please, Dylan Brooks would be would be lucky to even get an all-star appearance, much more come close to having the resume Clay Thompson does. Like y'all are crazy. Y'all, right. y'all are crazy the way they out here talking and then trying to play him for, for standing over Dylan Brooks. Like, do y'all understand why Desmond Bain had a bad night? Oh, okay. Clearly you don't because Clay did his job. And don't forget, he was once an all-defensive player. So just, yeah, relax, relax, relax. Mm-hmm. And they I mean, about to have me out here being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's shown throughout the season, like, every now and then, if he's really, really locked in, then he's going to do what he needs to do. And that's why I'm not worried about Clay going into the playoffs because he's going to be locked in, you know, throughout a playoff run. It's just in the regular season that you might have some lapses, mental lapses and stuff like that. But we saw against Boston when he was guarding Tatum and he knew what he had to do for them to win that game. And it was a big game. And we saw last night against Bain, he knew what he had to do and it was a big game. So he he really showed up on that end and did what he was supposed to do defensively. Um, shot making is going to go, you know, up and down as he plays a high variant style, right. As far as like shooting and some of the shots that he takes. Um, but I think, for the most part, he he wasn't like hijacking the offense or anything like that. It's just more of a, uh, you know, got to actually hit the shots type of thing. But yeah, he was locked in, and the disrespect with Clay is, yeah, it it is what it is because sometimes he does do some things that he shouldn't be doing out there. But for the most part, we know when it's winning time, he's gonna lock in, and they're gonna he's gonna help them win. So, really, really proud of that performance he put on Bane. Just Memphis of all people, like yes, that is condescension from me. You're hearing the audacity, (laughs) 
The audacity. So corny. Yeah, the team is corny, yo. They're corny. They're goofy. With all their dancing. I'm supposed to care about them dancing. That shit ain't no different to me than we work. You know what I'm saying? People tell me, oh, they do it all the time. Yeah. The the, the sons work out all the time afterwards and post videos. And they corny, too. (laughs) (laughs) What a corny, son. They are corny. (laughs) And they got sunned. Sunned by Ty Jerome. Shout out to Ty Jerome. He's been hooping. I mean... The Warriors, they usually do a, a decent job of getting two ways or like fringe NBA guys and turning them into something. Um, I think last year they kind of kind of missed with Chioza, even though he helped them win a one one game. But <laughs> Ty Jerome and, 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 and redacted, huh? Which game was that? The Spurs game. I think he he played he played decent the Spurs game, if I remember correctly. That's one game though out of 82. He could have helped them a lot more. But Ty Jerome has been a, a, a <laughs> he's been a uh you know, a knockout of the park as far as like an acquisition. He was a late addition to the training camp roster and they've turned him, not turned him into a good player, but they've utilized him and he's maximized his his talents to the best of his ability so far. Definitely helped them win a game. When Jordan Poole went down, it was like a window there where Memphis could have crawled back into the game early in the fourth. And he kind of, he hit some big shots. Him and Moody stabilized. He was just kind of punishing Ty Jones because Ty Jones is too small for him. But yeah, shout out to Ty. My, my brother was like, because I was telling, I was, I was talking about how, like, how Dante got his nickname White Dante, because it's not like any other white people named Dante out there, really. And he was like, well, you can do the same thing for Jerome. Like, if that was his first name, you can call him White Jerome. So I'm like, you got White Dante and White Jerome on the team. <laughs> that is true. I, but Jerome is a last name. I've never heard that either as a last name before. Yeah, that's it's. But even Ty, because what's Ty short for? If it's Tyrone, you know. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not like White Ty. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Clay was awesome yesterday. And I was mad about all the texts, but his. I was like, I love that tech, Clay. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The texts were stupid, yo. The texts were stupid yesterday. Mark Davis. Needs to be investigated. Him, Marat, Kobe. And what's so funny is because Grizzlies fans are mad about Mark Davis. I'm like, oh, you think that y'all only got hold by him? Like, like, what are we doing? They're harping Mark on the Clay Thompson shooting free throws. I'm like, did y'all win lose by two points? Because unless you did, right. I don't want to hear it. Like, what are we doing right, right now? Just, just dumb stuff. Dumb stuff. Meanwhile, Dylan Brooks is shoving people in the air, shoving people when he's navigating the screens and not getting anything called for it. Coming under people Pushing when they shoot Jordan threes. Pulls down. We saw all of that. Just like, come on now. Cut it out. Josh carrying the ball every fucking time he dribbles, he's carrying the ball. Every no possession. call ever. Like, we don't want to hear anything about the reps, especially from y'all. Like, come on. Never, never, never. Apparently, the rest of the reason why JJJ can't stay his foul happy ass off the floor. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, he's always been foul happy too. So I don't exactly. Yeah. I love that video of the Warriors bench and I'm like Andre laughing. laughing. <laughs> and Andre <laughs> knew what he was doing too. He knew exactly. Exactly. Like, I, this, this is this is the experience of championships, and because they knew he's like, all right, let me get him off the floor. And there's nothing wrong with that because normally I'm like, you know, it's corny to try to get players out the game, all of that. But you down two of your best players. 
you down yeah. two of your best players. So I mean, even if, I mean it, it might be a, a cheesy strategy depending on how you go about it. But if you're going at a guy, you know, he's a shot blocker and he's foul prone, get him out the game. Like it, it changes the game for the team. Like you got another guy in there who's no, he's not nearly as good of a defensive player in like Brandon Clark and and uh, Aldama and all these guys out there. It's, yeah, get Jaron off the court. See ya. If you can't sure. stay on the court because you fouling too much, that's not our fault that we're trying to foul bait you. That's your fault because you fall for the bait. So. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Dre was brilliant yesterday in a very Dre like yeah. way. I mean, big game, you know, you know, Dre's going to show up for the big games. It's just the, the Charlottes and the, those random games against like lower level teams that you might not get the best version of Dre. And that can be a little bit frustrating at times, but you know, if it's a big game when people are talking trash, he's going to at least show up with the effort. Um, he's going to stand over job. Right. Him standing over Ja. I mean, he I think he really wanted that one because Ja is such a high flyer and all that type of stuff. And I don't think he's been like blocking a ton of shots like for the past few years. Like he's not getting up there like he used to. So when he gets blocks, I think he really enjoys that. And he definitely got it on Ja. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was great. And Poole, I didn't love him getting kicked out at the end. And again, I don't think like that second tech was warranted, but I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to have to be more aware that like, cause he has like eight texts already for the year. Like, I just feel like he needs to be aware that like, he's not getting the, the latitude and rope of a star. And so like, you got to be mindful. And in a game like this, where we're already missing stuff and we're already missing wigs and they've called mad texts. You just like, they need mm-hmm. you. Cause yeah. to me, it was still risky with him going out at that point in the game. There's still a lot of time left. For sure. For sure. Grizzlies definitely could have went on a run right there. Um, and like I said, Jerome and Moody hit some big shots to, to keep them ahead. But yeah, he, he's emotional dude. Like you can tell, like when he goes to the rack and he feels like he's getting fouled, you can see him after each play kind of arguing with the refs. Sometimes he'll even stay back in the backcourt while the other team is going on a fast break, which is mm-hmm. obviously very frustrating to watch. Um, so hopefully he gets that out of his system a little bit, take a little bit out of Steph's book where Steph will, he'll go at the refs, but it'll be calculated and it'll be like, at a right. point in the game where it doesn't really impact the team as much. And he, he's definitely not going to get eight texts in the first, whatever the first half of the season. So um, yeah, he just got to kind of chill out a little bit, but I mean, overall yeah. he played, he played really well, especially in the first half. He's like I said, for sure. I was going to say shout out to Moody too. Like, I mean, after a while I was like, okay, y'all got to stop going to Moody cause he wasn't making anymore, but like he hit some big shots that were definitely, mm-hmm. definitely big time important. Dante too. Like, Dante, he's at his thing. Yeah, Dante, he's gonna get paid. He's probably gonna de- he's probably gonna de- decline that player option next next summer and get paid. Um, would love to have him with the Warriors for for more years to come. But he's because he's been knocking his role out of the park, running the offense when he needs to, hitting shots, playing defense. He's not the the leaper that he used to be as far as like just vertical jumping and stuff like that. So a lot of the plays with him guarding jaw just ended with jaw jumping above him and laying it up but he was still making it tough on him as, as best he can hitting timely shots um and just being in the right place at the right time consistently that's all you got to ask that's all you can ask for your role players to do be in the right place at the right time hit open shots play hard play smart and he's been doing that like since he's gotten healthy all season yeah um it seems like a good point for us to break and come back and Maybe talk a little bit of outlook for the season, for the Warriors, 
maybe MVP the rest of the Christmas Day games. Who knows what you're going to get with us? We'll be right back. 